everyone. This is Sarah McFarland from Inside Scientific, the online environment for life science webinars, virtual events, interviews, and educational content that helps you do your best work. Our real science sessions focus on connecting with researchers, educators, and industry professionals from all walks of life that make scientific discovery and innovation possible. We talk about their work, their passions, their pitfalls, why they got into science in the first place, and where the road lies ahead. Today, I'm speaking with Dr. Tim Hacker, Director of the Cardiovascular Physiology and Surgery Corps Facility at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Throughout his career, Tim has established several cardiovascular disease models, including myocardial infarction, pulmonary hypertension, and myocardial stunning and hibernation models. He also shares his expertise with the world by developing microsurgery and imaging training programs for students and research professionals. We've invited Tim here to share his career path and insights for young scientists on what it's like to run a core lab at an academic institution. Tim, thank you so much for being here with us today. You're welcome. It's my pleasure to be here. Awesome. Okay, so I'm going to just jump into the first question if, if you're ready. Um, so this first question is, where did you grow up and how did your youth influence your path and passion towards science? I grew up in um, suburb of Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Um, and I think that, like, I have really early memories of wanting to be an inventor. Um, and I remember going into the basement of my house and cutting blocks of wood and pounding them together and hope that they would uh, do something. And mostly I succeeded in not cutting myself or pounding my thumb with a, with a hammer. Um, and then I remember in, in, I think it was fourth grade, we did some science experiments using bean seeds and I was hooked. I thought, this is the coolest thing ever. And, and I actually understood kind of at that point in a limited way how science works, like you could make an experiment and you're not just messing around in your basement trying to, to do something. And so there was, there was a real understanding here and it seemed really cool. And I had this, I think, innate curiosity about how things in the world around me worked and, and was fascinated by that. And then, you know, I got kind of busy and went through puberty and stuff like that and kind of forgot about what else was going on and hit high school and it, and was more interested in other things going on. And, and, but it did dawn on me in high school that, that, you know, like inventors and scientists are one and the same. And so sort of some of my, my dreams and passions kind of came together at that point, but still really had no clue how you could marry anything together or what a job like that would look like or anything like that. And so that kind of, you know, that get me, gets me to college, but, but a real strong interest in, in uh, bio biology and the biological sciences and, and certainly how, how the human body works as well. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So where did you study and how did you end up in regenerative medicine and cardiovascular science? That's a great question. So I, I did my undergraduate and graduate work at the University of Wisconsin-Madison. Um, and as an undergraduate, kind of messed around in the biological sciences, still not really knowing what I wanted to do. Um, and then uh, at some point, I took a biochemistry class and everything clicked for me there. It... Um, it, I love the pathways of, of uh, biochemistry, and, and it, it really dawned on me, if you understood what's happening at the subcellular level, you can really understand what's happening in a whole body organism. And I was really starting to, 
to have a strong interest in human performance. What what makes someone click? What makes someone basically uh, a better athlete? What what uh, how can you push those those ideas and those things to your advantage? Yeah, definitely. And so, as you kind of talk about your career, is there any one person um, who was or is uh, the greatest influence on your career? I think definitely. I mean, like probably my parents to some extent, because I think they they did a really good job of. of you know, developing a curiosity and, and having us ask questions and think about things critically and to help us, you know, ask ask these kind of questions and, and have a wonder why and, and never limited us anyway. In a more professional world, my first advisor as I started my master's degree was uh, Dr. Bill Stanley. And he was just, he was a crazy cat, basically. <laughs> he was an amazing guy. Um, and he was really fun and he was he was unbelievably encouraging to me. I, I never really thought of myself as someone that smart enough to get a PhD, smart enough to do this. And um, I, I sort of continued on scholastically for other reasons that we'll, we could talk about later. But um, but he was he was really encouraging, and and I think he understood me. I understood him. He was he had this great work life balance. He he wasn't what I would consider like a typical scientist but he really was very practical he knew you know when to when to dive deep into a subject but when to to sort of let off and start doing experiments and making mistakes and it was really fun to watch him in progress and to sort of understand how science really works um and and my vision of it was quite a bit different than than what he what we did in his lab, essentially, in the experiments that we did and the way we tried things. And it was, and truthfully, he was fun. He was a, really a funny guy. And so, you know, everything made it easy. And, and he did have this passion. He really, he had this innate, again, this big curiosity. He wanted to know something about everything and how things work. And, and um, you know, it, it was just, it was a beautiful marriage, basically, between him and I, and, and he encouraged me to keep going and keep thinking and keep doing these things. And so it, it made it all really easy for me. Yeah, definitely. I feel like we hear a lot about um, yeah. general curiosity of young scientists when they turn into career professionals like yourself. Um, it all starts from that yep. kind of seed, if you will. Um, so that's really awesome. Okay. So now you run the cardiovascular physiology core facility at UW Madison. Um, so for our listeners who are interested in potentially pursuing a path towards this type of work, can you share a bit about what led you to this particular position and a bit more about what your day-to-day looks like? Sure. This is, again, like a lot of, I think, scientists, I've heard people say this before. It's just kind of luck, right? (laughs) You, uh, you sort of start out with an idea and an idea of I was interested in human performance and, and ways to, to tweak the body to make it better so that you could, you could perform better that, you know, like an athlete could get, uh, get more out of his body and, and become a better athlete. Um, but, but the reality sets in that you need to have funding for that. And, and there's not a lot of funding for human performance. And then, when um, when I landed in the, the lab of Bill Stanley's, he was doing exercise. My my PhD is in exercise physiology, actually, 
and he was he was looking at how exercise impacts uh, cardiac metabolism, and uh, in particular overlaying um, uh, disease in that. And and his he was looking at diabetes at at that time, and seeing how that how exercise can all affect those. And for me, that was pretty important because, um, you know, you, it was really important to me to understand human health, and, and that was a strong interest to me. And then to the, this idea of, of how exercise can can sort of move the, the pile forward without, you know, other drug interventions and, and things like that to, to create a healthier person. And so those were, that was important to me. Um, and there was funding there, so <laughs> so to be able to have those those marriage together was was fun, and and the cardiac is easy to 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 get behind, really and interesting, um, you know if your heart's not pumping, nothing else is working, and so so that had a strong interest um, for me, and so as you move along, you you keep following these pathways as how can you get funded? Um, and then, and then what's interesting to you. And so, um, as, as you do science, you have this bigger question, but you realize you have to answer 25 smaller questions, including developing models that can really answer the questions that you're, you're looking for. And as I started to, to develop these animal models to, to answer some of these questions, then that complexity of, of model development became really interesting to me and something I felt like I, I was good at and something I felt like I could really do. And it was a nice mix for me. I'd love to be able to not only have do hands-on surgery, but to do some of the, um, you know, the background work to understand these models, to understand disease states, um, and, and um, and put all those together. So I, I like to do some hands-on stuff. I like to, at the end of the day, have something in my hands, a, a product, if you will, to show that I accomplished something today rather than I'd written a paragraph <laughs> for, for a grant. Um, mm -hmm. And so to have those things come together was, was really great. And, and then as I created more and more animal models, it turned out what I really like to do is know something about everything, <laughs> not necessarily a lot about any one thing, but something about anything. And, and developing animal models and, and having this physical skill, which I really like, this surgical skill was really fun for me. And so, you know, my day became, you know, every day was a little bit different. Every day was a little bit new. There was a new challenge, both physically and mentally for me and and that was really important and that that sort of really drove drove my interest it, it made my days go yeah. fast and so that's and that's kind of what i do now as as the director of the cardiovascular physiology corps some days i'm doing surgeries sometimes i'm doing microsurgeries on, on mice and rats and sometimes we're doing um, larger animals and pigs and we might be doing anything from these really complicated open chest surgeries to catheter-based procedures in the larger animals. Um, some create, you know, some as a really fine motor skills, some not so much. Um, but, and then other days, you know, you're studying these models, you're collecting data, um, yeah. you're writing grants, um, managing people, managing budgets, all those things are, are kind of in a daily basis. And I might do all of those in a single day and, and um, I might do those over the course of a week. No day is the same here ever. And that's really interesting to me. And, and I think like sometimes I like, 
I wish I knew a little bit more depth or a lot more depth of a single topic. Um, but I've really, over the years, have become a generalist. So I know a lot about a, a, a little. <laughs> In some cases, I know, you know, we do so many different disease models, mostly cardiovascular stuff, but we do other things. And, you know, so we have some, you know, have some basic knowledge about d different imaging modalities and how to use those um, and, and what can be applied. And so now it's really fun because people come to me and they need an animal model or they, they're, they're not necessarily physiologists, but they're coming from say nutrition or some other, uh, you know, even bio biomedical engineering or engineering and they have a product or a device that needs to be testing and they have no idea the the next steps. And because I've seen such a wide range yeah. of things now, it's, it's really easy for me to design experiments to be able to help them in any number of different ways, you know, from from the initial proof of concept. And we've done all the things through to uh, um, investigational new device filings with the FDA here. And so, you know, we have that whole range of stuff and it's really interesting. Um, and it's exciting because there's going to be something new you know, my curiosity is how this works. Can we make this better? All the things that, that are possible we can do here, it, it feels like, and something's new. There's a new challenge to solve, a new problem, um, and, and it's not mundane. It's it's like traveling. I think you're, you're looking around the bend in the road and seeing what's there, and, and it could be something really awesome. It might be something that's a great bet. <laughs> but... But either way, it's it's really fun. It's exciting, and you know, it, it definitely I never have any trouble getting up in the morning to come to work. Yeah, that's amazing. And so, earlier you mentioned, um, you know, human performance and how to get the most out of the body that you're given as an athlete. And so, a lot of the listeners and maybe some of the people who know you may not know that as one of the super hacker brothers, uh, running really, really fast for really long periods of time um, actually runs in your blood. So can you tell us a little bit more about your second career as a champion cross-country runner and about some of the influence that your family has had on that aspect of your life? Oh, yeah. This is, so this is always kind of fun because it's, it's my double secret life, right? Like I come to work as a scientist and, and you know, hardly anybody knows that that exactly i was a championship athlete i was i'm a several time national champion i i raced uh, on the world level um you know i i hesitate to call myself world class but but um certainly i was you know uh you know top 20 in the world ranked at, at several times during my running career and that's what sort of distracted me is school wise so in, in high school my older brothers were runners and they're they're successful and and i'm not of the size to, i i'm you know a sports junkie but not of the size to be able to play basketball or football or baseball and <laughs> and truthfully not coordinated enough to do any of those as well and so so running was a, a natural thing and it, when i started running i found that i loved the journey as much as the results and so it was never hard to train daily like a runner has to do and it's it's pretty intense um it, you know, at least energy wise, the, the beautiful part about running is you can only run so many hours a day. And so you have a lot of other time to sit around and think about things, which is a nice marriage with science. Um, 
but you know, you're kind of exhausted, which was good for me because it, it damped the rest of my brain down and I could actually sit down and concentrate and things like that. Um, and so it, it was really fun. And that's what kind of distracted me in high school as I, as I became a good runner, then my focus really became towards running and, um, and how I really wanted to understand not so much how good I was amongst everybody else, but how good, what were my limits? And that's what I was really interested in. And that started to actually drive my science a little bit. And so as I got through uh, undergraduate and I started, and again, like I mentioned before, when I, when I hit upon the biochemistry course and I started to understand, okay, there's limits to performance somewhere in here. And if I can decode some of that, it would help me become somewhat a better runner, or at least give me a small edge against my competition. And so that's why I went, I ended up going to graduate school, not so much because I wanted to go to graduate school, but because I really wanted to learn more about running <laughs> and, and how to become a better performer. And so that's why I went into exercise physiology. And again, my, my original thought was I'll get a master's degree and I'll start to understand that. And I had some design on at that point of being a coach. Um, and then when, when again, when I, when I uh, started working under Bill Stanley, then the encouragement was there to, to continue on and, and get this PhD. And I kind of went away from exercise science at that point, even though, you know, at that point, my interest was really, um, in human performance, but again, understanding that that's not really going to pay the bills. And, but I still was able to dabble in and, and understand enough about metabolism and cardiac, um, cardiac performance and stuff to really help my training to, to some degree. And, and I think the bottom line, what I learned is that coaches know what to do. They just don't know why. And then, because they've been doing this trial and error forever. And then, but, but as a scientist, then I started to understand the whys and that helped me tweak a little bit of, of, and it's eventually I coached myself. So it helped tweak my own, um, my own coaching and helped me understand what, what things were and where I could push and where I couldn't push. Um, and so it definitely helped my performance and all through my, my graduate studies, I, I was running and competing. Um, and it was a good mix. I would, the, I think I drove some of my advisors nuts cause I was gone all summer racing. <laughs> and then I had come back in the fall ready to, to do some science work and stuff again. Um, but it was, it was a good, it was a good mix. It worked really well for me to, um, to mix them both. And, um, and it was really fun. So when science was going well, sometimes running wasn't and running was going well, sometimes science was. And so it, it kept me happy, kept me excited, um, kept me going. Um, my whole family is, is runners. Um, and so all my brothers were runners. They're all, uh, most of them ran it for a division one school. And now, um, my kids are also runners. Um, I have four kids, all four of them, I've run at Division One universities here in the university. Um, I have two at the university now. My the the one he's a senior. He's a super senior, um, and he was just fourth in the NCAA indoor track meet. Um, so wow. he's uh, he and he he's almost identical. He's a mini me. Basically, looks a lot like me. <laughs> And, uh, and he's had really similar success. In fact, he's, uh, he's beaten some of my, my records now. And, um, so that it's unbelievable to watch. Um, 
and again to to be an all-american here and, and fourth in the in the country for college kids is is amazing and my daughter is also she's a she's a regular senior <laughs> um and she had a, a terrific year as well she's um she's running and they're both here at the university of madison um and she's she's running uh, quite terrifically too so it's it's fun to watch both are our biology majors and then uh Olin, who just was fourth at the NCAA meet, is uh, actually in exercise physiology. He's getting his master's degree in exercise physiology. He'll finish up in May, too. So, um, yeah, so somehow that, you know, they like me well enough to, to have, that I still have some influence over them. <laughs> and they, they keep uh, keep doing those things that, that bring really good memories back for me, really strong memories. And, and I kind of know what they're they're going for it. It makes me feel even blessed because I realize how lucky I was in a lot of ways, how things come together in the right ways to, to propel you forward and, and, uh, and, and make a career out of that something I feel really blessed about. And it truly is luck. You're in the right place at the right time and, and things happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that my last question was actually going to be, um, have you passed on any of these passions, science or running or both onto your kids? And so you've already answered that. Um, you did mention that they were both in biology and, um, I yep. think you said Olin was in exercise physiology. So was that, uh, like a natural thing? Did you maybe <laughs> accidentally push them towards science or is that just, you know, kind of what came out? No, it's, it's, I, I didn't at all. And I think it's it's a really natural thing, and there's probably a strong genetic component. Olin, like as a, I think he was three or four. It, it basically as soon as he could start to run or start to walk, he ran, and he ran everywhere. And you could just see there was just pure joy in that for him. It was never a chore, and that's the way he is now. It's just it's, and I think that's the way it was for me. Was like you know, the results were important and I hated losing and I loved winning. And he's, he's very similar. He's super competitive, but the journey was as much as anything. It's just fun to be able to do that. It, it just felt natural. And it, and for him, I think he said when he was in fourth grade, he, um, he wanted to, he had already had a goal of breaking four minutes in the mile. And, and at that point, um, the first father son, duo in the world had broken four minutes in the mile. So the, both the father and the son broke four minutes. And I, I saw that and I, I just mentioned it offhand, probably at the dinner table and that became a goal. And he actually did that last year and we're the 14th father son duo in the world to wow. ever break four minutes. So we're pretty excited about that. We're pretty happy about that. Um, and I think that they just cool. share that natural wonder. And I think some of it is, is like, it's just things we did. Like my daughter would love to go on these, what we called spring phenology walks. And we'd walk around the yard as it got nice. Like today, it's supposed to be 70 degrees here in Madison and see what, what things are popping up and, and sort of look at the, the changes and kind of the wonder of nature. We, we love to, to camp and travel. And I think all those where I'm always pointing out and asking these guys questions that I don't know the answers to. And I think that probably did it. I hopefully inspired them, but I, you know, they could do what they want. And, and the older two are in the physical sciences. My older two boys are in the physical sciences and they were 
I think more like me, they would be constantly breaking stuff, taking it apart, I should say, <laughs> as kids. And I'd go down in the basement and the tools would be scattered everywhere. And I'm sure that's what I did. Drove my dad nuts and things would be uh, taken apart with the hopes of getting it back together and understanding how it worked and, and it didn't. So there, one's, one's a machinist and, and a model maker for companies and the other is uh, kind of a, an electrical uh, engineer for companies uh, and doing computer programming. So, so they're in that's in the same realm. But you can kind of see it's really fun as as young kids what what their passions already are, and so you just kind of steer them to that. As I usually would ask, well, what about this? Have you considered this without any any other you know demands or anything like you should do this? But just the questions. Yeah, definitely. Steering them in the right direction. Right, right. That's amazing. And it sounds like they've all um, sort of made careers out of their passions, which I feel like is probably the best way to approach life. Don't For make sure. it a job first, make it a, a passion first and turn it into a job. So that's incredible. Yeah, they. I mean, the two older ones love to build things. They love to take apart things and and. So yeah, it's not for them. It's the same thing. And their jobs are kind of like that, where they're always doing something different every day. They're trying to solve a new little issue that that comes up. Or or my son, who's a machinist, he's he's a model maker basically. So they're they're trying to make, you know, models of the things that the companies eventually want to build. And and so people come to him and and ask him, how can we do this? What's the best way to do? So I think and it's really a wide range of different projects and I think that we're all my whole family is I think like that where it's just like like new is good we don't want to be doing the same thing every single day yeah he's building mechanical models you're building animal models yep (laughs) that's amazing awesome well I just really want to thank you so much for your time your insights today and for sharing about yourself and your family it really was a pleasure to have you with us oh it's my it was a lot of fun thanks for having me And we hope that you enjoyed this episode of Real Science and that you'll tune in to future episodes where scientists just like you answer questions about their life, their work, and share insights into what it's like to be doing real science. Don't forget to subscribe.